Welcome to the REIQ Property Brief Podcast, proudly brought to you by Queensland's peak body for real estate professionals and powered by realestate.com.au, Australia's number one address in property. Welcome to the REIQ Property Brief, your weekly compact chat about Queensland real estate for the Queensland real estate professional. Proudly brought to you by the Real Estate Institute of Queensland, the state's peak body for property professionals, and powered by realestate.com.au, Australia's number one address in property. I'm your host, Olivier Bjorksetter, and this week I've really been getting into retail management, or more specifically, property and asset management. Firstly, what's the differences between them? And secondly, what are their distinct functions and obligations and managerial outcomes? To help unpack these questions and much more, this week, I welcome back to the Property Brief, Julie Ryan, Major Assets and Retail Investment Specialist for Ray White Commercial. Welcome back, Julie, to the REIQ Property Brief. Thank you. (laughs) Now, we're talking about management of retail spaces today. And under, I guess, the management of retail spaces, we can talk about commercial property managers and commercial asset managers. Now, I'm not familiar with these terms, so I don't know if they're interchangeable or if they're indeed the same or how different are they? Let's start with what are they? Yes, great question, Olivier. So first of all, a property manager... Uh, mostly looks after the property as it is today. And they're looking to maintain that property. And they also have relationships with tenants. Uh, They do help with uh, finding new tenants and things for that property, of course. But really, they're looking to keep the property in a good condition. And that's their primary brief. Now, I'm not saying that a property manager wouldn't sometimes um, step across the line into an asset manager, but let's look at what they do first, Mm -hmm. because truthfully, there's a little bit of a continuum between the two. But if we look at somebody who's purely involved in asset management, their role is to ask the question, what is the highest and best use for this property? How do I increase the value of this property to the owner. So concentrating on the property manager, obviously part of their portfolio may be that of a building manager. Would that be a fair estimate? Yes, uh, that what they are looking at mostly is protecting the actual property itself. You know, they are the property manager, um, as opposed to the asset manager is looking after the value of the property. And they are actually different things. So that's more prosperity? Yes. So let me, maybe it's easier for us (laughs) to talk in examples. Would that help? Yes, absolutely. So I would say that um, engaging in asset management, we might take something, let's take a row of small industrial sheds. And um, I can think of a specific example where an owner came to us uh, looking to sell and it was a situation where older husband and wife, he had passed away and she wanted to take the property to market. Now, what we recognised straight away was that almost all of the leases were very short. And the problem with that is unless you were selling a property to somebody who wanted 10 separate tenancies, which is a highly unlikely scenario, that banks are very nervous about lending on short terms. And in fact, 
many consider less than two years to be, in effect, vacant. So what we did first is engage uh, wearing our asset manager hat and go and approach each of those tenants and re-sign them on longer leases. Now, the shortest lease that we did, so... um, all bar one signed at least a five-year lease. And so what happened is um, a thing that's called uh, whale or weighted average lease expiry um, went on that property from under two years to over 10 years. Now, what that means to an investor of that property, they're suddenly looking at it and going, I've actually got a very low-risk investment. The next 10 years, it's highly likely that all my tenants are going to stay. And because it's multi-tenanted, if something goes wrong with one of them, it's going to be pretty easy to get a replacement for that one. So it changes the value of that property quite dramatically, even though we didn't change any of the tenants. Nothing Nothing was painted. Um, nobody um, picked up a, a hammer, a, a spanner, or did anything to the property. We didn't rebitumen anything. There's no money spent per se on on any of those things on the on the property. What we did was change the leases that were in place. Does the same apply in a retail environment? Ah, yes. Great question. So, yes, one of the key things that we do in retail, whilst we keep a very close eye on this whale thing again, and just to explain that if anybody's not familiar with it, the weighting matters, as in it's weighted according to generally either the percentage of income or square metres. So if we've got one tenant that's a 1,000 square metres and five tenants that are 100 square metres each, then clearly the large tenant has got a much greater weighting. So if they're on a short lease, it has a spectacular impact on reducing the whale and investors are looking for the longest whale they can get on a property. So it's not just that, but Uh, tenancy mix is an important part of what an asset manager would do. So to give you an example, um, what we would look at is, uh, and the fundamental perspective is, what is a consumer going to do when they come to this centre? Why are they going to turn in the driveway, um, get out of their car and shop here? And if we try to make that experience better and we try to pull in more of them and spread that across the day, then we're much more likely to have a highly successful um, tenancy. So I'll give you an example because it sometimes happens on a brand new centre. So we've got one under construction uh, at the moment where we've got um, a thousand square metre grocery anchor. We've already got a medical and pharmacy going in. And the next thing that we're looking for, oh, by the way, it's next door to a childcare centre, uh, which is very important, but we're actively looking for a swim school to go in there. Now, the reason we want the swim school is it's yet another reason for the parents picking up the littlies, pop across there, they pop in, buy something at the grocery store, they go to the doctor there uh, and, of course, the other things that will end up being there, bottle shops and takeaways and right. bakeries and things. 
Thanks, Julie. You're listening to the REIQ Property Brief. We'll be back with Julie Ryan, Major Assets and National Retail Investment Specialist at Ray White Commercial after this brief intermission. Manage your success anywhere, anytime with Ignite by realestate.com.au. By downloading the Ignite app, you can get the latest insights on your campaign performance when you're out and about and access the latest reports to share with your vendors. You can receive and respond to buyer inquiries so you never miss an opportunity to move your listings. Request and reply to your reviews and share them directly to your social media accounts to position yourself as a local expert. You can even take control of your personal brand by updating your agent profile. To set yourself up for success, download the Ignite app from Google Play or the App Store or visit ignite.realestate.com.au. Hi again, everyone. Kev from Rex with our latest Tiny Talk. And once again with me is Tom, the product manager for Rex. So, Tom, RexFest is in full swing. We've seen loads of amazing things coming out of the team. It just seems like there isn't enough time in anyone's calendar to see it all. Too true, Kev. <laughs> all right, that was a cheesy opening for our talk. Because calendar is the word for today, and this time we're looking into Rex's upcoming release of the all-new calendar feature. Give me the elevator pitch for this one, Tom. Your entire diary managed within Rex with support for two-way syncing to external calendars like Google and Outlook. Send automated confirmation messages, send reminder alerts to guests, share your calendar with other people in your office. It does it all. You can create your own appointment types, your own confirmation templates. You can even choose how your appointments are colored. Awesome. So super, super powerful. So what would be your first key step when it comes to getting users stuck into the new calendar? Well, you'd want to connect your calendar to Outlook, Google, or whoever your external calendar provider is first. And once you've done that, you want to make sure that your agency has set up their custom appointment types just the way they want. And I know there's going to be loads of really in-depth training on how to do just those things. And as someone whose time management skills need all the help they can get, that's fantastic. All right, then, that's today's Tiny Talk. As always, keep an eye on all of our live product updates at rexsoftware.com. And don't forget to register for RexFest using the blue ticket button on the left-hand side of the Rex screen. In fact, mark it down in your calendar. See what I did there? Very cute, Kev. Calendar. (laughs) Over a million prospective vendors visit realestate.com.au every month. Build trust with these consumers and set yourself apart from the competition with authentic reviews from buyers and sellers. Your ratings and reviews will appear across the realestate.com.au experience, including agent search, where prospective sellers go to research, compare and connect with agents in their local area. They will also surface in your agency's Google My Business page, increasing the visibility of your team's performance in search engines. Included as part of your realestate.com.au subscription, you can start collecting reviews today. Visit agent.realestate.com.au to find out more. Welcome back to the REIQ Property Brief, proudly brought to you by the REIQ, Queensland's peak body for property professionals, and powered by realestate.com.au, Australia's number one address in property. I'm your host, Olivier Bjorksetter, and I'm speaking with Julie Ryan, Major Assets and National Retail Investment Specialist at Ray White Commercial. Earlier in the interview, Julie, you touched on the uh, product mix, but I also wanted to ask you about product presentation. Could it be that the product mix is the responsibility of the commercial asset manager, but product presentation being either the shopping center or the retail physical environment is the responsibility of the commercial property manager? 
Great point, Olivier. Uh, I do believe that property managers do a lot of that and do it very well that probably where we transition across to what an asset manager would do is when the centre starts to need serious refurbishment because things date, uh, things change, fashions change. So I'll give you an example that um, things like in a car park when the lines marking the parking bays start to fade, the centre just looks tighter well, that's a property manager's job to do. When the tiles crack, that's the property manager's job to look at those things. However, where we transition across is there's a thing that's known as placemaking. So what placemaking is, is making consumers want to visit that centre. So a placemaker would look at a centre and say, your signage is tired or it needs illumination or it's out of the 1980s and it's not reflecting what people would do. So making the centre more attractive is very important. Now, um, a PhD student in the United States did some work on uh, retail centres and just changing the roof line, making it more interesting, which, by the way, it can be almost the Hollywood makeover if you think about it uh, in that sense. Like, you don't, we're not necessarily taking off the roof and putting on a new roof, but changing the look of the roof of a building can be enough. They found the average increase in traffic was 35% when they made a more attractive roof line with the property. Now, it's rarely going to be in the property manager's brief to start thinking about those things. That's what the asset manager is going to do and some more fundamental things as well. For example, uh, some of the things that are important to consumers and tenants is how green is the building. And certainly if we get into office space, that uh, those kind of things are very, very important. But it's also true in uh, retail centres that consumers love to know that they're being um, environmentally responsible and that many tenants as well, it's part of who they are, it's part of their corporate uh, personality and therefore converting buildings over to having solar on the roof, to having uh, water capture systems and and that kind of stuff, that's more in the area of an asset manager. So would that suggest then that corporate social responsibility is playing a bigger role in, I guess, what you could fundamentally uh, refer back to as the Gruen transfer, is that looking at how the layout of malls are, but also what's contained within that? Absolutely. Um, And favourite way to look at things. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Look, I I would say that um, everything that works well starts with what's my end consumer? And for example, if, if there's residential agents listening to this and wondering about commercial, if you think about somebody building a home, if they start with what's the lifestyle of the person who's going to live here? What's that like and how can we make this home best suit them for the least possible outgoings and enjoyment of life? Then they're going to design something that's better than when somebody's just looking purely at 
what does it look like or what's the cheapest way to build. So same in shopping centres. And because things change, the technology changes so much that uh, now um, the consumers have got some different needs and repurposing shopping space so that it really does match our consumer is, is really important to do. I would say another critical factor is you were talking before about uh, the various uh, mix that you have of retailers in a retail space. It's important, though, to have a quality uh, retailer that's going to bring the masses. Now, is that required for all retail spaces within a retail area, or do you only need one to bring everyone to enjoy everything else? We, generally speaking, would look for more than one. And what you're talking about is overall a destination tenant. Now, um, there's different reasons that people go shopping from, we've talked about in big centres in in our other show, that people might go there for actually entertainment recreation. So it has to have some aspects of that. A big part of our shopping is uh, convenience shopping. So it's near somebody's home, all that kind of stuff. And if it happens to be on the left-hand side of the road as people drive home, then you're actually going to have more traffic turning into that centre and uh, people look to upstream that centre if they can so they get them going in there first. Uh, Anyway, um, on the way home is the main thing that we need. But destination tenants, so what we'd be looking for, grocery tenants are very important and they are a destination tenant. But I'll give you an example. Is it okay for me to give you a real example of an actual store? Yeah, okay. So um, we recently sold a shopping centre in Deception Bay and Mariner Boulevard. So Great name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we put the IGA tenant in there as part of our asset management. And we also went looking for a destination tenant and uh, we found old school barbecue. Now, these people reach out and they are, by the way, forever up there, go eat some of their slow American-style barbecue food. It's just incredible. Whenever they are open, the car park is usually completely full. Car clubs come there. Uh, it, it's it's a destination in itself. So now we've got a second reason for people to go there. And on the way home, of course, they're going to duck in and buy other things. Now, perhaps it mightn't seem obvious, but the hairdresser just was smart and on the nights that Old School Barbecue was open, she decided to open late, thinking, well, people might wander down and perhaps book to get their hair done, not really thinking anyone would get their hair done um, on Thursday, Friday and Saturday night. However, yes, it did increase her bookings to the extent that she's had to put on other hairdressers, but uh, the other thing that it did is it created a new pattern for them of consumers coming in who wanted their hair done of an art time. Now, this is all part of what an asset manager would be uh, responsible for. So it sounds like it's more than just market insights. It's almost scientific in a way that they have to have such a precise understanding of the dynamics of how retailers work, the type of retailers that work in certain types of areas and scenarios. Yes, and it's a big part of uh, reasons why people keep coming back Um, and dealing with agents that they work with very well. So, uh, and obviously we we work this way, but there are other very fine agents who also work this way where they can help somebody buy a centre that mightn't be right today and 
look at that centre that they might actually offer to that owner to change things around, but for various reasons, someone might be elderly and no longer has the energy or the cash to to put into changing their centre, or just the energy sometimes can be lacking. So we might then sell the centre as is, but what we have to do is gain the trust of that buyer that we know what we're talking about to change that centre around, to inject new energy. How are we going to find the right tenants and how are we going to recreate this as a destination that people want to come to for shopping so that it's a profitable centre, not just for the owner, but everybody in that chain. It's great for the consumer, great for the tenant, great for the owner. And when all all of those things work, generally your property manager's life is a lot easier as well. Absolutely. The last time you dropped into the studio, uh, you mentioned that retail was uh, a great part of the uh, commercial sector to invest in. How are we still placed with retail and investment? It's just so in demand at the moment and um, that people tend to think that the um, yields aren't great, but we're seeing yields, like if somebody was buying a Coles or Woolworths anchored centre, the yields are around 5%. Um, If it's a convenient retail centre, they're typically selling, uh, we just saw one at 5.43% yield, uh, another one at 6% yield. So around about the six would be pretty normal for those. But with the right asset management, so in that particular instance, by the time the buyer settles on that centre, they will be at close to 7%. Okay. On the one at 543 we believe they will be at 7.5% by the end of this financial year on that property, going to 8% this calendar year. So it's watch this space. Correct. Thank you very much, Julie. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of the REIQ Property Brief podcast, proudly brought to you by Queensland's peak body for real estate professionals and powered by realestate.com.au, Australia's number one address in property. Many thanks to my guest, Julie Ryan, Major Assets and National Retail Investment Specialist at Ray White Commercial. And I'm your host, Olivier Bjorksetter, and I look forward to your company again next week. Thanks for listening to the REIQ Property Brief Podcast, powered by realestate.com.au, Australia's number one address in property. For more information, visit us online at reiq.com.au.